Let's turn in our Bibles to the passage of Scripture which we read, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and as God would help me, I'd like to concentrate on verses 12 to 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 14. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. Around 2,000 years ago, a man rose from his grave by his own power. When that man was alive, he claimed to be God. When he rose from the grave, that fact was crucified. That fact was verified. Every claim he made was proved to be true by the fact he rose from the grave, from the dead, by his own power. The result of that was that history has been dated with regard to his birth. B.C., before Christ. A.D., Latin for in the year of our Lord. He was not a mere man. He was God. And so powerful So evident was that fact that he rose from the dead, the Roman Empire was powerless to overcome this growing religion called Christianity, or the way as it was called then. And the Roman Empire formalized Christianity in Christ's name. It formalized religion in his name as a result of that event 2,000 odd years ago. Now, as science cannot prove historical events, it can only prove what is repeatable, observable, and measurable. The proponents of science itself tell us they can only prove what's repeatable, observable, and measurable. So the best that can be done for historical accounts is the level of credibility given to its statements. Now, here's the important thing. There is more credible verification that Christ rose from the dead than there is that a man called Napoleon ever lived. Remember that. If someone says to you, I don't believe Christ rose from the dead, ask them, do they believe that Napoleon ever lived? And you can safely say, there's what, a hundred times more verifiable, credible statements 
showing the resurrection of Christ than there is that Napoleon ever lived. Now we need to remember that with regard to our salvation, the central point is the crucifixion of Christ. Because Christ died for our sins, as verse 1 says, um, sorry, uh, verse 3, I deliver to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance for the scripture. That's the basis on which we have salvation. But when we talk about the central point of the Christian religion, it's actually the resurrection. How do we know that when Christ died on that center cross that Friday afternoon, how do we know he paid for the sins of his people? Why was it not the other what, why not the other two thieves? Why not the one on the left? Why not the one on the right? What was different about Christ in the middle? He rose from the dead. That's how we know he was God. He rose from the dead. And that's why the resurrection, as it were, for lack of a better word, proves the truth of all his claims. Now, it's pretty clear from what we read that rising from the dead is a greater feat, actually, than dying on a cross. You see, one can die on a cross and be merely human. There were other two people crucified that Friday afternoon. They were only human beings. But Christ was also God. A real human being, but also full God. As someone has said, a hundred percent God and a hundred percent human. To rise from the dead, you need to be more than human. You need, you need to be divine to raise yourself from the dead. Which Christ did. You see, one can die on a cross and be a sinner. The other two, the other two that Friday afternoon died on a cross. They were both sinners. They were both sinners. But not the one in the middle. Not the one in the middle. He was sinless. He was God incarnate. One can die on a cross innocently. Um, there possibly has been some, I don't know. One can die on a cross courageously and never rise from the grave. But Christ did. Christ did. And when Christ rose from the dead, he authenticated every claim he ever made. As our Verses, the verses we read were proving, testifying. If there was no, if, if there's no resurrection, if Christ did not rise from the dead, then Christ 
was not God. If Christ did not rise from the dead, Christ was a liar. Are you prepared to say that? If Christ did not rise from the dead, he was a liar, for he predicted he would rise the third day. And he did. If not, he wasn't gone, then he was a liar. What blasphemy. What blasphemy to think Christ deceived and told lies. Serious, serious. If Christ did not rise from the grave, the Bible is untrue. Might as well throw it out. If he didn't rise from the dead, it's the Bible's predictions are misleading. Its facts are inaccurate. Its assumptions are false. It's not what you think it is. If Christ did not rise from the grave, verifying the truth of his claims, verifying he was God, verifying he paid for sin, which leads to the third thing. If the Christ did not rise from the grave, we've no gospel to preach. Our Bible has just said it, of course. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. If Christ did not rise from the grave, there is no basis for forgiveness. You see, you must grasp forgiveness of sin is not God deciding will overlook your sin. Forgiveness is much, much more than that. God is holy and he cannot say, well, pretend it didn't happen. He cannot say, well, pretend you didn't do that. God's holy. You did do that. You did sin. I sinned. Forgiveness is not pretending it didn't happen. Forgiveness is based on Christ atoning for our sin. Christ taking payment. Sorry, Christ giving his life to the Father as a payment for the sins of all who will believe upon him. I was speaking to somebody who spent some years in Hinduism a couple of weeks, a month ago or something. And she said it was while, while she was going to worshipping in the Hindus, she became, she did not say it through, of course, through Hinduism, but she I became convicted of sin. And then I realized as I studied Hinduism, there's no system of forgiveness. I need to be forgiven. I've done wrong things. I've sinned. 
how can sin legitimately be forgiven by holy God? Only if atonement has been made. When Christ died, when Christ cried out with a loud voice, it is finished. One of the things that included was the payment for my people's sins have now all been paid for. Sin has been paid for. Otherwise, you and I have no hope of ever going to heaven. The foundation of how God can forgive us is based on Christ dying for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 3. If he's not raised from the dead, there is no gospel to preach. And I'll tell you something else. If Christ did not rise from the dead, what's the strongest force in this world? Satan. Satanic power. If Christ did not rise from the dead, Satan has more power than anyone else. And you better start trembling. You're a dupe of his. He's bluffed you all your life. If Christ didn't rise from the dead. But he did. Get hold of that. He did. Never forget. Who won the victory at Calvary. Christ did. Satan did not take Christ's life away. Crucifixion did not take Christ's life away. Christ laid down his life. What do you think made the centurion, who was probably the centurion in charge of crucifixions? And that particular day, Friday afternoon, we believe, there was three. When the centurion stood afar off and watched the three of them, what made him say, that one in the middle, Truly, he was the Son of God. What made him say that? He was used to crucifixions. He saw people being crucified every week. But that one in the middle, oh, that's not the normal way crucified men die. Crucified men don't bow down their heads as Christ did. He bowed, intentionally bowed his head and dismissed his spirit. Dismissed his own spirit. Crucified men 
lift up their voice, gasping for breath. They don't. Only after they've passed away do their heads lop down. But Christ intentionally bowed his head and dismissed his own spirit. Crucified men, if they speak at all, it's in a whimper. Christ cried out with a loud voice. Crucified men don't normally do that. And the centurion knew that perfectly well. And he said, that man in the middle, he surely was the son of God. Who conquered who at Calvary? Christ conquered sin, Satan, and death in a winner. Don't get confused. If Christ is not risen, Satan has all power over us. Thanks be to God that's not true. If Christ did not rise from the dead, then death is still the king of terrors. And you better start worrying about it. If Christ did not rise. Look at verse 26. We didn't read it. We didn't read it. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. My friend, death is an enemy if you are not a Christian. If your hope is not in Christ, death is the king of terrors. But for the Christian, for the believer, Christ warmed the grave for his people. And you can truly stand over the grave at the funeral of a Christian friend and you can truly say to them, we're not saying goodbye, we're only saying good night. We'll see you in the morning. What a glorious morning for Christians. For Christians. If you believe, if you trust in Christ, Is death the king of terrors for you? You know, you, you, you hear people say, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the Bible. I don't believe in hell. I don't believe in heaven. I've never, ever heard anyone say, I'll never die. Isn't that strange? No one ever, I've never heard, I'm not saying, well... I don't think there's very many. I don't think, I've never heard of anyone. Reading all history, you've never heard of anyone saying, they'll never die. Are you afraid of it? Are you ready for it? Is the grave the gateway to glory for you? If Christ did not rise, forget it all. But he did rise. He did rise. 
and the grave is but the gateway to eternal bliss for everyone who has committed the keeping of their soul to Christ. So it is vitally, vitally important to believe in the resurrection. The resurrection of Christ, first of all, and then of course of everyone. You see, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, tells us, If you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you do not believe, if you do not believe that God raised Christ from the dead, you can't be saved. You can't be saved. Do you want to be saved? This is elementary, essential, basic, foundational, vital, urgent. Because we can't promise ourselves a day. And do you understand this too logically? If you do not believe in the resurrection of Christ, you believe a lie. You don't believe nothing. You believe a lie. Satan is a past martyr. He is the arch deceiver of souls. He can he can make you believe something. And you don't quite realize it. You know, it's a strange thing, you know. Satan's quite happy if you don't believe he exists. He's quite happy about that. You don't believe he exists, that's fine for him. He's got you. What a job he's made of you. How he's duped you, bluffed you. Isn't it, isn't it strange? Isn't it something to think about? Luke chapter 24. You have the disciples going away after Christ's burial. And they're disturbed. They said, we thought it was Christ. He was to be the Savior. But he died. They forgot. They forgot that Christ said, on the third day I'll arise. But the enemies never forgot that. Isn't it strange? His friends, his disciples forgot it. But the enemies of Christ did not forget it. And they so much believed it, they put a stone to the wall of his sepulchre so that he wouldn't get out. They say, remember he, that deceiver said he'd get up. Well, we'll make sure he doesn't. And they did all they could to prevent it. But how they failed miserably. How they failed miserably. Well, 
If you do not believe that Jesus rose from the dead, you will die in your sins. There's nothing else. There's nothing else in heaven, earth, or hell that can save you. Well, we close. It's important to remember Christ, when he died, and when he rose again, he, when he rose from the dead, he did not rise from the dead as a private individual. A private thing. He rose, as it were, publicly. He rose as the saviour of the world and the head of the church. It's not a private thing. We tend to think religion's a private thing between me and God alone. Oh, read the scriptures, not what you find. We're to confess him. We're to confess the faith. We're to defend the faith. We're to proclaim the faith. We're to spread the faith. We're to spread the good news. Of whom else can it be said? Of whom else can it be said that his last words were not his dying words? Isn't that interesting? Christ's dying words were not his last words. Isn't that something? Think of that. Of whom else can that be said? His last words were not his dying words. What did he say after he died? What was his last message to his disciples when they gathered together after his resurrection? What is his last message about the gospel? Go tell every creature. It's not a private event. It's not a private thing. It's public. The Christian church's job is to spread this gospel. Listen. If that world out there do not believe in Christ, that is on their head. But listen. If that world out there do not hear about Christ, that's on the church's head. Because he said to us, go tell every creature. This is not something to be kept quiet. This is not private between me and God. There's a public dimension to it. And our last word, surely, that we'll say here just now. Because Christ rose from the dead, there is hope. There is hope. There is no case, there is no situation hopeless if you put Christ into it. Is there something troubling you? Is there some worry you have? 
there's some trauma, you get Christ. You put Christ into that situation. And there's hope. And I want to say something else about hope. In the Bible, in the New Testament, hope does not mean what it means to us in the Western world in the 21st century. In the word hope, there's the idea of certainty. You can replace the word hope in the New Testament. When you see it, replace it with certain. The certainty of his return. He's coming back. He's coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's absolutely certain he's coming back. It's absolutely certain that you will be forgiven if you repent and trust in him. That's not just a mere, well, hope. It's a certainty. Because Christ rose from the dead. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what condition you're in. If you repent and trust Christ, it's certain you'll be forgiven. It's absolutely certain that you will be in heaven if you believe and follow him. That's the good news. That's the hope that is a certainty. If you trust in him and follow him and believe in him. What a wonderful, glorious message the Christian message is. And especially the message and the truth of the resurrection of Christ Jesus. I'll read the t- verses again. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ is raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is vain. But Christ did rise from the dead. And may God, the Holy Spirit, make his word effectual to every one of us. Let's bow our heads. Our Father in heaven, we pray that you would take the things of Christ and make them ours. You unite us in a living, vital faith to your dear Son, the Lord Jesus. Hear us in mercy. Answer us in peace. Because we pray in his name. For his sake. Amen. Now we'll conclude our service of worship by singing from Psalm 118 in the Scottish Psalter. Uh, That is... On page 398. Page 398 of your praise book. Down at the bottom of the page. Verse 17. I shall not die but live. And shall the works of God discover. 
The Lord has me chastised sore, but not to death given over. And we'll sing to, go down to verse 22. That stone, speaking of Christ, that stone is made head cornerstone, which builders did despise. This is the doing of the Lord, and wondrous in our eyes. Verses 17 to 23 in Psalm 118, to God's praise. I shall